Today's episode is brought to you by Wild, natural deodorant, body wash and shampoo bars. Wild uses clean and natural ingredients in all of their beautiful products, meaning they're good for your body and the planet. We don't have time for this. We'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land where we make this podcast, the Garigal and the Gyamagal people. We pay our respects to all First Nations elders, past, present and emerging. Hey besties. You know what I don't have time for? Oh my god, I love this podcast so much, you guys. Hey, it's time to be nice. My name is Sam. I don't have time for this week. Imposter Center. I love support. What? I love you. What do I do with that? Thank you. Hello and welcome to Bestie Hotline. Ring, ring. I'm your host, Kate Reeves. And I'm Gemma Peanut. And we are here this Friday to hear your dilemmas. Mm. Bringing your life dilemmas and problems to your besties here who will attempt to, but almost never solve them. Ever, <laughs> you might say. You could call us the worst advice hotline in the world. Hanji P, but mm. you know what we provide? What? A safe space. Yes. A judgment-free space. Mm. A space to hear you out. Yeah, that's that's right. We're your shoulder to cry on. Every day, girlfriend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now we've got the good vibes out of the way. Yes. We have a dilemma today that was a write-in. Yes. An anonymous write-in. They weren't comfortable voicing their dilemma, which mm-hmm. we understand. This year, 2024, we're making space for that. Okay. We used to say send us a voice note and we still love to hear from you. We respect people's need for anonymity yeah. when talking about particularly messy and tricky subject matters. You know what else? Sometimes it's the 4am thinkies, mm-hmm. you know. And you can't just do a voice note. You're breastfeeding a baby or you're whatever. And you might just want to jot it down. A-OK with us. Totally. Luckily, we have a trained actor on staff. <laughs> and she can do a dramatic read. A dramatic read of your dilemma. Jem, could you uh, read out our beautiful DL's dilemma for us this week? I certainly can. Our DL says, you know what I don't have time for? What having kids does to your marriage. Help me out, DLs. This anonymous poster is feeling super vulnerable. We've been together 10 years, married six. Love of my life pre-kids. Kids are three and one. Now I just feel rage and hate on him all the goddamn time. It's got to the point where we both admitted we were really unhappy and it escalated to talking about if we need to separate. And I feel so confused. Is it normal to hate your partner's guts when deep in the trenches? I actually think he's an amazing father and an all-round good person, but I am sick of how I am always the one to do everything all the time. We have great communication and we have talked it out to death, but nothing changes, i.e. I've written lists for him to do, etc., etc., but I think it's just impossible as it's never done right and so I end up doing it all myself. And then in brackets, I can see how that's not fair and I've got shit to work on myself. He says he will never be able to be the person I need him to be. Ish. Mm. And to round it out, she says, I guess I'm looking for a gauge of totally normal, wait till the kids are older, or am I drawing out a process that's unhealthy? We don't raise our voices, etc. so the kids aren't in an overtly unhappy home, but they do hear me being nagging and mean, which I feel so much shame about. If you've read this far, 
Thank you. Oh, okay. It's a big one. There's a lot in this. I think we need to say up top, I've said this many times before, as I have declared, I get a lot of DMs of people asking me to diagnose their marriage Mm. as viable or dead. (laughs) And I cannot do that. In fact, nobody can do that except the people in the marriage or, you know, both of you have to decide to stay and stick it out and that it's got enough for you to be worth it. Or one of you or both of you have to say, this is not sustainable or what I want to be in anymore. Mm. So we have to say that up top because there's no way Jem and I or anyone could be like, leave or nope, stick it out, wait. Like we can't give that kind of definitive diagnosis. No, we definitely can't. And there would be additional layers that we're not privy to that our DL hasn't shared circumstances, Mm -hmm. for example. A lot of things I'm hearing though. Mm. First of all, love of her life pre-kids. Yeah, Big deal. Like huge, big, big deal and important thing to not throw away. She's obviously not throwing anything away. She's Mm. just in a process. But this is why she's confused as well, is she also called out that he is a good father Mm -hmm. and an all-around good person. But there's just a tension here with the raising of the kids and what comes with that is the added domestic labour, the mental load, all of that additional stuff that absolutely nothing prepares you for when it comes into stepping into the world of parenthood. It shocked me. Mm -hmm. It shocked you. All of us. Mm. And we've said this before, you don't know what kind of parent your partner is going to be until you're parenting together. And I want to add on to this. You don't know what kind of partner your partner is going to become when there's the additional stress of children in your lives. But I also have to add to that, Revzi, you don't know what kind of parent and partner you're going to be Mm -mm. until you are deep, deep in it. That's right. And you can't foresee the things that are going to like, it would be great if we could all do a course Mm. (laughs) and just like prepare our relationships and buttress them against the stresses of parenthood. But it's just not how it goes. The thing tweaked my ear was that they're in communication. So that's so positive, right? Like that gives them the best chance of surviving this. The fact that they can talk about it and even the fact that they can float, do we need to separate? Mm. I think shows deep respect, deep love and good communication that might mean they make it, you know, Mm. because I certainly was not in a position when I was married and I'm pretty sure my ex would say the same where we had that level of like truly can we really communicate on where we are you know Mm. and I take full responsibility for not being good at that you know when I was in it so that was like oh okay that's really positive the other thing though that caught my ear was he's telling me he can never be the man I need him to be and she's saying I'm naggy and I'm mean I'm making lists but then he never does it right the picture that's coloring in for me is like she wants it a certain way Mm. and he's like, fuck, I'll never live up to your high, high standards. That's the toxic end of both of the things. So the challenge for me and something I would urge them (laughs) to look into and try and isolate, like if she loves him, he's a good dad, love of her life, all those things, park your feelings for a sec Mm. and maybe there's some work to do on how can we step up and let go for each other? He needs to step up. It's very 
very clear. He needs to step up in the domestic labor and support her as a co-parent or he's going to be just a co-parent. Like he really needs to get that seriousness into his head that she is saying, you're going to lose me. We're going to lose this family unit if you don't step up. And he needs to feel the weight of that. And she, I want to say, needs to learn a bit of surrender and that near enough is good enough. And that if he can put the effort in to meet her, she almost needs to come down to the same point of standards for a bit and try and relinquish the sort of boss mum role and just try and let him help her in his own way. Yeah, he can't get away with not contributing Mm -mm. or helping in the household and with the kids in any way. And he can't throw his hands up and say, well, I'm not going to do it how you like it, so why even try? That's infant behaviour. It is. (laughs) I agree with you, Rebs. I think there's hope that they can meet in the middle because from listening to friends or other DLs in the Facebook group, there's definitely a percentage of partnerships where there is no communication and I do think where there is no communication, there is no hope, only doom Mm. because how do you work around your issues mm. there's also a percentage of people who skirt yeah Old like me. that's revs like she skirted around it she kind of patched the holes but the holes were still there the rug was very lumpy lumpy fucking and rug just, you know tried to ignore it but if you can communicate it means you're literally airing out your issues mm-hmm. which is the most important thing in a relationship that old saying a problem shared is a problem halved it is is so fucking real yeah. and it's taken me i think i was like 30 mm. Six when I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's real. Yeah, it is. I think the tricky thing for our DL as well is it's the fork in the road mm. and she will have examples of both. Mm-hmm. She will have actually more than just two examples. It, it forks out probably oh, into five four. ways. Yeah. yeah, where someone has made the decision to leave and it worked out better mm-hmm. or someone has made the decision to leave and then they were confronted with absolute hell on fire, toxic husband and walked a path of absolute destruction and said it's not worth it. And then you have people who have stayed but then stayed miserable and then you have people who have stayed and and it came good. And it came good. So when you're offered this buffet of choices, it's like, well, what's the right choice for me? Mm -hmm. And to go back to what we were saying about how you have no idea what kind of parent or kind of partner your partner is going to be when you're in the trenches of early parenthood, it really is that leap of faith, isn't it? Someone can be the love of your life but then you can be so mismatched in the early years of parenthood and you have to look to the future because there will be a time when you become empty nesters. There will be a time when your kids don't need you. And can you see yourself long-term with this person still? Do you have enough in common with them that keeps you in it? Mm. And can you survive the resentment years? Let's just call it what it is because you may love someone and yeah, maybe there will come a time when it gets easier. But is that just saying, well, he didn't have to step up as much so Mm. I could love him again because I wasn't so fucking disappointed by him so regularly you know like these years yes they can evaporate and you can hold hands and look at each other and be like wow we weren't our best selves there well we I'm glad we made it through or it could be like you know what you just weren't fucking there for me and I'm finding it really hard to get over it Mm. like I needed you and you weren't who I needed you to be despite me communicating and asking for what I need you weren't able to be that guy totally and you know what other challenges are we going to face and are you going to be able to be my partner in those challenges and speaking of resentment long term that can erode at your love to a point of no return yes it can and I think when observing your relationship yes there will be so many examples of stories of people who are like you know what I'm proud of our relationship
friendship and our marriage that we fought through mm-hmm. the hard years. Mm-hmm. There's definitely examples of that. But I think what you have to note and be aware of, and I'm not giving advice on this at all, it's just food for thought, I suppose, is when you're in a situation where you can list the good qualities of your partner and harking back to that idea of hanging on to hope, can you step back and say the good still outweighs the bad? 100%. That's because great. when the bad is outweighing, when you really draw up a list, like, you know, we talk about mental load lists, can you list the positives in your relationship? My husband and I, we've gone through this struggle with parenting where we are not bringing our best selves to each other. It's like other people outside of our relationships get the best versions of us, but we're not giving each other the best. Mm. Where we have to step back and still choose each other every day. And do you have those moments? Maybe it's on a weekend. Maybe it's when you're on holidays together. Maybe it's that time when the kids are finally in bed and it's that hour before bed where you can seek out connection with each other and go, hang on. I still like you. I still love you. I still choose you. And is that worth fighting for? Mm. If you don't feel that way about a person or if you really write down your list and you're like, actually, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. (laughs) There's not a lot of redeeming qualities of yours that I'm enjoying or I kind of don't want to be in your orbit anymore that you've got to kind of really look at that, Mm -hmm. I think. Because while my husband and I go through the very normal hardships of parenting and feeling like flatmates where you feel a bit disconnected The thing that always brings me home to him and I think him home to me is we know that when we are without children, because there will be a time, what were our favorite things about each other pre-kids? And I know that that's coming for us again. And when you get those snatches of time, you still see them there. I do. They haven't left. You know, those qualities that you loved are still there. Mm. That's pretty important because the other part of this is people do change. They do. People change. You either grow together or grow up apart that's a very real thing and that is okay and no one's fault yeah and you can blame yourself for growing and evolving away from someone I don't think blame is the right word I think it's acknowledging Mm. or just being accountable or taking responsibility that actually I've changed I've grown I've evolved and that's not your partner's fault it's also not your fault I think that can be easier said than done I held a lot of guilt because I was the person who left the marriage Mm -hmm. who made the decision I held a lot of guilt and still do in a lot of ways that like I'm the one who did this to us Mm. all you know I made the choice and yeah I have all my reasons and I'm at peace with a lot of it but like it still was me you Mm. know and there is guilt with that because you are doing that to your kids to someone else and ultimately to yourself as well so it's not straightforward but it is important that we say that people change Mm. and it's okay if he's changed it's okay if you've changed yeah like you said it's the acknowledgement that it happens and you can grow apart and as hurtful as that can be for everybody involved it is very real Ad break. Got to keep the lights on. DLs, you're not going to want to skip this one as we have one of the biggest discounts we have ever procured for you from this awesome brand. I am extra excited about today's sponsor because DLs, as you will know, this started out as my not spawn. And now it's spawn. How good. Okay, so on your reco, I've started using Wild Natural Deodorant and then Wild came to us and asked if we wanted to try the full range. So Obviously, we jumped on that. That's right, DLs. Consider us your natural body care crash test dummies. <laughs> so I've been using Wild Deodorant for nine months now, and I love the change. My motivation for stopping using regular store-bought deodorant was the aluminium and parabens. Mm. I mean, we use deodorant every day, so mm. I want to try and avoid all the harsh chemicals as well. 
Wild's whole thing is that it's all clean and natural. Did your body adapt straight away? Did it take a minute? Okay, so you do need to give this a couple of weeks, okay? okay? There is an adjustment period like anything natural. So my recommendation to you, Revs, was Mm. definitely to give it a full fortnight and then decide how you like it. Okay. You did, but for me it's been pretty seamless. I will say I'm not an overly sweaty girl, but I have always used strong deodorant and, frankly, it's just time to get off the chemicals. Mm -hmm. Personally, I'm loving the switch. I've found it really easy and the dispenser is really gorgeous. The user experience, just great. Have you got a go-to scent? Oh, babe, I'm all about the fresh cotton and sea salt. Mm. I will say they have got this new Rainforest Oasis scent that I'm keen to try. I am using that one and it's dreamy and it comes in the body wash too and I'm always auditioning body washes. So far, I am loving this one. Rebsy, do you love how you can choose your deodorant Mm. case Mm colour and just pop in the recyclable refills? You know, it makes doing the right thing for the environment feel very nice and bougie. Obsessed. Loving the shampoo bars too because I'm always cringing at the waste in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And of course, all wild products are vegan and cruelty free. So do something for the planet that your future self will thank you for and check out Wild today with 25% off your entire order. Use code NOTIME, all caps, no space, at the checkout. 25% is huge. Yeah, it's actually the highest discount Wilder offering in Australia and it's exclusively for you, DLs. Go to wearewild.com and use code NOTIME at the checkout for 25% off. Enjoy. She said, like, we don't openly fight, so it's not like an awful place for the kids to be. It's not like she's like, I've got to get my kids out of this toxic environment. Mm. I want to talk about this because I think, and I'm not talking about my personal situation here. I'm just talking about, you know, in our stage of life, things we've observed, things I've learned is that sometimes it is easier and nothing's easy, but easier to leave a toxic situation if it's really obvious it's bad. Mm. There are insidious things that are bad for Mm. kids. There is silent treatment lack of love, lack of passion. I don't mean sex and stuff. I mean like verve for life, vim and verve, you being your full self. I know I would not want my kids to grow up with me being the lackluster version Mm. of myself. I certainly didn't want to put my kids through the year or two where I was like a mess (laughs) coming out of divorce. And I think we just got through that without them seeing too much of that. But I do know that my kids now have versions of their parents that are much more aligned to who they really are, that are passionate, that are dedicated to rebuilding their lives in a really intentional way, that's positive. And I just think sometimes a family is broken in that it just doesn't fit anymore Mm. because of growth and change or whatever. And because it doesn't bring out the best versions, like it doesn't sound like it's bringing out the best version of him necessarily Mm. and potentially her too. It doesn't mean they can't find that version in the family they're in now. Doesn't mean you have to blow it all up and start again, but there needs to be some intentional work done here from both of them. Absolutely. And if I had to be really judgy and really intuitive about this DL's dilemma, it sounds to me like she's working her ass off to try and not only keep the family going, get everything done, but try and still love him and show up and ask of him what she needs and all these things. I'm getting hints of defeatism from him. And he needs to realize just what's on the line here and step up and meet her 
level of effort. And then other things like those feelings of you're my true love might come back when she sees the effort Mm. that he's making for her. Can we talk about her kids' ages? Mm. Three and one? I I don't know. I don't want to be like, hang on there. The grass is greener. It gets Because it's going to get harder before it gets easier. It does get harder, but I've got a four and a five-year-old. I don't say this smugly at all, but I am officially out of the toddler years. There has been a shift for my husband and I where we're like, oh, everything's just gotten a little bit easier in terms of the day-to-day mm. domestic physicality of being needed all the time for everything. And what I mean by that is both my kids are out of nappies. Both of them can take themselves to the toilet. They can put their shoes on. They can feed themselves. Yes. Yeah. And just removing those things mm-hmm. has given my husband and I a little bit of ourselves back. Yep. It's so minute, yeah. but I can feel it yeah. because I look at like your sister revs mm. and I'm like, that is a rough You couldn't season. pay me. No. You couldn't pay me to go back. I don't want to go back, back there. Yeah. You know, we're getting out of the house. is a shit fight every single time. you got to dress them. They don't know how to dress themselves. you got to brush their teeth for them even. Just all those Shoes little on. micro things. Yeah. Then put the song on quickly before there's a screen. And then yes. the cacophony of sound. sound yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget when Show Daddy said in the episode where he interviewed him that a big game changer is when you can get in the car and just sort yourself out. Everyone gets in the car and puts their own belts on. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm not there yet, but I can see how that micro value adds to your life just allows you to exhale and breathe Mm -hmm. where getting in the car isn't fighting with the straps of the car. Like it's all those tiny little things that add up that send you to the brink of insanity. Well, what is a day? A day is just a series of little moments stacked on top of each other. Totally. And if you looked at them and like you put all the stressful overstimulated moments as red and you put all the breathe moments as green, when your kids are that age, your day is red yeah. <laughs> with a few little green seconds. And even then there's not enough for you to decompress. And who are you going to take it out on? The person closest to you yes. who's not helping enough. Yes. You know, if he could replace some of her red blocks with green blocks and it was an even stack or even more even, it might, I don't know. I'm not trying to blame him. No, I'm totally, not putting all the blame totally. on him. But I want to say to our DL, as well because she said I've given him lists etc etc and nothing gets done so obviously lists don't work for him. Yeah, let that go. Could she sit down to him and say, what works for you mm. to achieve X, Y, and Z? And to be as blunt, and I know we talk about this all the time, but it just feels relevant. It's like literally writing down everything you do and everything he does mm. in this situation and getting the balance mm. back mm-hmm. and saying, okay, I don't want to nag you. Mm. I don't want to write you a list. It's not working. Mm. It hasn't worked. You've told me it's not working. You told me I can't be I don't want you to be anyone but what I do need is support with bringing our kids into the next season of life yeah help me out mm-hmm. you tell me how what, are we gonna tackle this yes you know I say to my husband sometimes I really feel like I'm throwing him under the bus but I guess I can share these stories because it's hope that they can change and improve and I do think I give men of our generation like millennial dads especially a bit of rope because gosh what was modeled to them mm-hmm. were very absent dads that weren't involved 
involved much. So I generous with him about that. But then I say, well, I expect more from you now. And it's finding the language that works for them. So with my husband, it could be the smallest thing, right? Like it's going to make me sound really high maintenance and crazy. But I have a system in the wardrobe of where he hangs his suits on what particular hangers. <laughs> okay, okay, girl, you I, do you. <laughs> I know. I know I sound crazy. But when he doesn't do it, it ticks me off. And I We all have our things. Yes, I sounds utterly insufferable. But I say, you're an employer's dream. Like you do your job really well for your boss. I don't want to be your boss, even slightly. But it's like if you started at a new job and they taught you the operations and the systems of how something's done, Rebs is laughing at me. I'm smiling. No, but I'm hearing you. Yeah, it's like you would just comply. You would just do it. (laughs) Yeah, I hear what you're saying and I get it. It's just like it's still a mental load to find the way that works to speak to him and all these things. And that's fine. You have to do it. Like you do it. What's the alternative? I think that's our burden as millennial mums. Yeah. I just do. Yeah, I know. I agree. Theoretically, it's not fair and too much, but in practice, what else are you going to do? You Mm. have to find a way to communicate and hopefully he'll find a way to communicate to you too. I sound like I was being patronizing. No, babe, it's your CEO household. It works for you guys. This is the thing. You've got to find something that works for you guys. And we went through so much trial and error. Like I tried list writing via text. And it didn't work for either of you. It didn't work for us. We tried the, on this day, you empty the dishwasher on that. You know, it didn't work. We we found our thing and it does require both of you wanting. That's it. That's the issue. And what I want to say on that is I think there's a lot of romanticizing and a lot of language around quote unquote fighting for your marriage. Mm. Sometimes you have to accept some people will not fight. They don't have it in them. They don't want to. They don't know how or they're not capable. And maybe that is you're in the wrong relationship Mm. because there are some things like think about your children. You would do anything. You would fight tooth and nail if it was about like keeping that relationship, you know, or Mm. like doing something for your children's well-being and the survival of the relationship with your child. You would. You know you would. You don't even have to think. So I think there's often a clue in someone's willingness to quote unquote fight for the relationship. The amount of effort that you're willing to put in is directly correlated to what you'll get back, but also if it's right for you. So I just think there's a clue in that. And fighting looks different for everyone. It does. You know, some people, there's a lot of bluster and a lot of passion and energy and feeling, but they're not fighting for the relationship. They're Mm. fighting for themselves. Do you know what I think is particularly challenging with communication? And I was chatting with a friend very recently, you know, she was divulging to me some challenges that she's having in her relationship, completely normal stuff. But when she is trying to express a way that she needs support from her husband, he analyzes her tone and takes offense to that. And I honestly, I wanted to tear my hair out on her behalf because it's so unproductive. It's also mean. It is mean because, you know, she had to say to him, look, I feel like you're sitting here worrying about how I'm communicating, but you're not actually listening to what my needs are. Yeah. It's like a diversion. Well, it it's is. Tap it's deflecting around the issue. It's absolute deflection mm-hmm. tactics and she can achieve nothing yeah. because of it. And I think you've got to call out your partner on that and you almost have to say it from the head. I'm not interested in fighting about tone or how something's communicated. I'm going to remove tone. I'll be monotone. If you read into it, it's not there. Mm. I'm just going to state facts. Yeah. And this is the thing, DLs, like we are not taught how to communicate with people and some people are not good communicators and some people are not meant to be they're not com- incompatible they're incompatible communicators. communicators yeah that's another way we 
change. We don't have the nice tone as mm. we get older, particularly as women, because we've had enough yeah. of being good, polite girls. We're not always going to dress it up nicely for you. We're not always going to have the right words. Sometimes we're just going to drop our bundle and be like, I'm done with this. Yeah. And the right partner for you will be like, I see you, babe. You're not coping. Mm. You don't have to wrap this up in a pretty bow and present this to me in a way that's palatable to me because I'm not precious and I'm in this relationship. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, Revzy, sometimes you need a third party person. Yes. But what's to, the other to thing? To remove, cut the fat. Yeah. Remove the bullshit from the chat and get to the root of the issue. So you're talking about couples therapy. I am talking about yeah. couples therapy. If it is available to you and you have the means, do it. Do it. Yeah. I think what's rough as well is if you're in a partnership where your partner won't do it. Yeah. I think there's a clue in that as well, going yeah. back to the willing to fight yeah. for your marriage or your relationship. You know, if your child expressed to you that they are struggling mentally with mental health issues and the answer is a psychologist, you would say yes mm. as a parent. You wouldn't go, no, no, I'm not going to support that. It's a tough one. On the fighting mm -hmm. thing as well, as in like fighting for the marriage, that doesn't mean fighting to keep it together come what may. I think fighting for the relationship is let's do the work to make sure you are good in this relationship and I mm. am good in this relationship and that we are doing well together, that we are finding the ease and the flow yeah. together. Not like I'm fighting to make sure we never break up. Totally. Yeah. I think there is a difference a there difference. because one version of fighting for our marriage is we suffered yeah. through it and we came out the other but that's end. that's what you do. You don't yeah. break up. You I, just stay together for the kids. I think whatever. that's yeah. bullshit. I do too. I think the alternative fighting is actually two people willing to compromise, meet each other halfway, understand and learn more about each other. And, and yourself. Yes. If you're asking your partner to do that deep inner work, work you yeah. got to do it too. Mm. Like you can't be like, I'm perfect and over here knowing exactly what needs to be done, but you've got so much shit to work on. You've got to do it as well. Mm -hmm. And you've got to go, oh, maybe that's my blind spot or maybe yeah. I'm this. Or like, yeah, that's what I would see as fighting for a relationship is going, how can I be better? Mm. Me? So I'm better with you. And then everybody wins. Fuck, the kids win big time. On GP. The kids can only benefit from you being a better version of yourself. Always. And to bring it back to our DL and what she wrote, one thing I really respected is that they sat down and said we're both unhappy. Mm, and I think that is huge because yeah. I check in with my husband all the time. Are you happy? Mm. Are we happy? Can we fix the scale of this happiness? Mm. What do we need to bring back to ourselves or to each other? What do you need to fill your cup more? Mm. Here's what I need to fill my yep. cup more. And just hearing each other out. You know how they say you're only as happy as your unhappiest child? Mm -hmm. That is so true mm -hmm. for your romantic relationship. The relationship is only as good as the unhappiest person in it. Yes. You know, it doesn't matter if one person's like, you're the love of my life. I'm stoked. Everything's perfect. I never want to lose you. You're it for me. If the other person's like, well, actually, I'm halfway I'm out. I'm halfway out the yeah. door. You can't force the halfway out the door person no. to just feel lucky and grateful no. that they've got someone who loves them so much. That's not how relationships work. And you can't compromise yourself to no. a point where you're like, I'll do whatever mm. to keep them at all costs. Yeah. Because that's not serving you. Man, relationships Ooh. are hard. Yes, they are. I want to make our DL feel seen. Like, yeah. you know what? I don't have time for what having kids does to your marriage either. No. It's completely changed the shape of our relationship. 
I mean, Hubs and I, we've learned so much about ourselves and each other. We've gone through really challenging seasons. We've had to learn to communicate with each other, but it can be done. It absolutely can be done. But it really does boil down to a willingness from both sides. Agree. Hard agree. Wow, that was a big bestie hotline and I'm sure there's so much more we could unpack Mm. in this chat. DLs, if any of you recognize what this DL has gone through and you've come out the other side, whatever that looks like, whatever changes that brought on in the shape of your family or perhaps it kept the family unit together Mm. as one and it's just shifted into a slightly different form, can you share with us your experience and what helped get you to the other side? Yeah. No one's situation is going to be the same, but just hearing these stories, it is so undiscussed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No one talks about this stuff. Everyone is so worried and full of shame over any kind of relationship failure. I know I certainly was, but I also know there's so much power in identification and seeing yourself in other people and knowing, no, not every other couple is just living this perfect life that you you haven't managed to pull off we all have challenges and it's fucking okay and you know what to the people who are killing it in their marriage and don't feel even a slight shift in their relationship with having kids good on you yeah happy for you congrats you won the romance lottery and you should enjoy and love and feel every corner of that beautiful thing absolutely you lucked out we love you guys have a wonderful weekend ahead and as always we'll be back in your ears bright and early on tuesday morning see you then Bye-bye. Bye.